So good evening, everyone. Uh, my name is Shuzo Brad, and I'm one of the priests with the Dragonfly Sangha. Uh, and I, I wanted to speak to you all again this evening uh, because we had gotten some great uh, comments and questions uh, following last week's talk around right livelihood. Uh, and so I wanted to share some additional thoughts on that practice, uh, specifically around, um, you know, serving alcohol and serving in the military. So two types of, of service. Um, before I, I get into those topics specifically, just, you know, a few things that I, I, I want you all to keep in mind. Um, so first off, you know, these are, are just my thoughts uh, based on my study and my practice. Um, like with any of the Dharma talks we share, you know, some people may agree, some people may disagree. And that's true of all spiritual practices. Um, and I, but I believe it's, it's really important to continue to challenge and discuss and ask questions if we're not clear on something, because I think that's what keeps these uh, traditions alive and makes them continually relevant. Um, and ultimately, I can't necessarily say what's best for you. I can say what I think uh, and what I found to be true. Um, but remember the the right in in you know right livelihood or or in any of the the aspects of the eightfold path, um, it's about what's what's best, you know the right jacket for the weather, uh, as I said a few weeks ago. So right doesn't mean only or required, um, you know, and and kind of to that point, uh, Buddhism in general is is not so much a set of laws as it is a set of practices. That's why, you know, I'm always very intentional about saying the practice of right livelihood. Um, because, you know, throughout the thousands of years that this this uh, uh, practice has been alive, um, there have been different ways that it's been expressed and different, different emphases, uh, you know, depending on the school um, that's sort of expressing uh, Buddhism. Uh, so, for instance, you know, within the Mahayana tradition, uh, the emphasis tends to be on the, the bodhisattva and on the lay practitioner, right? Whereas what we find more with the, the Theravadan schools is the emphasis is more on the, uh, the monks and the monastic community. And the, the archetype is the arhat, right? That enlightened monk, um, you know, who goes beyond. And uh, because a lot of the, the early Buddhist communities were monastic, uh, it was helpful for there to be rules to put together to ensure that they ran smoothly and that people had some guidance, you know, on how to 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 live their lives mindfully and compassionately. Um, and, you know, because of that, some of the traditional Buddhist writings can be a bit more legalistic, uh, similar to the way that the Old Testament, you know, we have a lot of the Levitical laws in the Old Testament as opposed to the New Testament in the Christian Bible. Um, you know, but, but essentially at its heart, the, the practice of Buddhism is intended to reduce suffering in ourselves and in others, um, and keeping or breaking any precepts, uh, that, that might have been, you know, written down over the, the thousands of years that Buddhism has, has been around, um, doesn't determine our awakening, right? The, the power and, and efficacy of our practice has more to do with our intention than the rules that we follow. Um, and in fact, the opposite is, is true, that you could follow all the precepts and still cause suffering, right? Um, you know, still follow all the precepts to the letter and, and still, you know, 
be really uh, uh, come across as really rude <laughs> to people and, and create a lot of suffering in yourself and in others. Um, you know, and in fact, there's there's a, a sutra speaking of, of Buddhist writings, uh, the Kalama Sutra, where the, the Buddha to his audience, you know, was admonishing them like, don't follow things just because they've been written down because of tradition or scripture or someone told you to do it. There was a teaching of some kind, you know, or rumors um, or it fits some kind of a logical model. Right. Do it because, you know, test it for yourself and do it because of what it yields. Um, and of course, what we want to yield is, is, you know, compassion and mindful behavior, again, to live uh, nobly and to reduce suffering. Uh, and the, the Buddha, you know, provided some guidance, uh, very compassionately provided some guidance on how we earn our living, because he knew that we all need to work you know, or, or will at least spend, uh, you know, at least some of our lives working. Um, you know, like I shared in the last talk, you know, 90,000 hours on average, right, that we're working. Uh, and that there are jobs that do entail certain risks and can cause suffering more easily. Uh, and so in those situations, it's, it's very important to be clear about our intentions, right? Uh, and so, you know, in that spirit, uh, I want to talk about two jobs in particular that that uh, uh, some folks had asked about, namely, again, serving alcohol or, say, you know, bartending uh, and then serving in the military. Um, it could also, you know, uh, kind of include in that serving as a police officer or in security, right? So uh, I wanted to talk first about, you know, uh, uh, is it okay to work as a bartender for a beverage company that maybe produces and, and sells alcohol? Uh, and I think, you know, as is true with any industry, you want to acknowledge the risks, right? You want to be aware of the risks and, and alcohol can be dangerous, right? There are risks associated with, with alcohol. Um, you know, there's, there's use and misuse of alcohol in the same way that, you know, the precepts talk about the misuse of sex, right? You know, alcohol can be something that can enhance a meal or be a part of a, of a celebration, you know, or a gathering of friends. Uh, but, you know, too much alcohol can cause a lot of harm, you know, some health concerns. Obviously, you're not going to feel that great uh, the morning after or even that even that night, right? Um, can cause people to act out of character, get into accidents if they try to, you know, uh, uh, drive a car or, or uh, operate machinery or act foolishly, you know, seeing videos of people uh, yelling at cops or climbing uh, light poles or, or things like that and, and hurting themselves very badly because they, they, you know, think they can do things that they really can't because their judgment is impaired. And we as Buddhists, you know, put so much stock in understanding the mind and how the mind works and being aware of, of our mind. Um, and alcohol can play a role in, you know, dulling our senses a bit. So we want to we be aware of those risks, you know, and acknowledge that they're there, Right. Um, and being aware of those risks allows us to practice, um, you know, in the role of serving alcohol uh, and, and doing so mindfully. So, for instance, you know, if you're if you're working and you have a patron who comes in, a customer comes in and, and you can tell that they're unhappy and maybe they, they want to drink to forget about their troubles. You know, maybe you can practice deep listening with that person to hear them. Uh, and, and to allow them to be heard. 
Um, you know, practicing could mean not serving those who are visibly drunk. You know, I know a lot of bars have those signs up that say, you know, if you are visibly impaired, we're not going to uh, serve you alcohol. So, you know, being mindful about that. Uh, protecting the drinks of people at the bar, right? So, you know, make sure that no one's trying to slip anything into anyone's drink at the bar, right? That's, that's certainly a practice as well, uh, that you can help protect others in that setting. Um, so you can work in a right way. You just need to make sure that you're paying attention um, because, like I said, there are, there are risks there. Um, but something that I encountered, which I thought was really interesting, uh, as I was preparing for this talk, I read an article about a, a bar in Japan called Vows, um, which is run by Buddhist monks, and it offers the Dharma in a bar setting. Uh, so there are monks, you know, junior monks uh, in robes behind the bar serving drinks, uh, you know, with, with a, a Buddhist name. So things like Nirvana in the Pure Land is the name of a drink, or Never Ending Suffering in Hell is the name of another one. Right, and and they offer dharma talks, and chanting, and incense, uh, and sutra reading, and uh, there's an altar in the back, uh, and you know they said that they did this because people weren't coming out to the temple as often, and so they wanted to provide the dharma in a place where people were were more willing to go, right, and and they uh, wanted to be able to share that with folks and allow them to discover Buddhism. Now I'm sure. You know, as I said earlier, um, you know, there might be some folks who, who have a very legalistic interpretation of, of uh, some of the, the Buddhist writings, and they might hate that, just that idea that there's a bar run by Buddhists. Um, and the owner, you know, in this article said that, yeah, they, they tend to get a few complaints every year from people who feel like Buddhism and alcohol don't mix. But I think it's a great way of, of combining you know, those, those two things, a dharma and, and a bar, you know, in a social setting where people can come together and, like I said, you know, uh, discover Buddhism, learn a bit more about it. Um, and, of course, you know, the, the folks who are there, the monks who are running the bar, are able to practice that mindfully, to take care of the people who are there, you know, to mix the drinks correctly, right? So they're not adding too much alcohol and things like that. So, again, it, it's really about the intention when it comes to uh, it comes to working uh, as a bartender, you know, understand the risk and then working mindfully in that setting. So what about the military? Um, now, I, 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 I saw a statistic that there are about 3,000 Buddhists in the U.S. military. So I can promise you that if you are a Buddhist and a soldier, you are not alone, right? Um, and, and, you know, similar to uh, you know, serving alcohol, again, acknowledge the, the risks that are implicit in a, in a military job. Uh, and again, I would, I would include, you know, policing and, and security or any, any role where you're carrying a weapon and protecting uh, others, you know, either a nation or an area, a town, right? Uh, and, and acknowledge the fact that if you are a soldier, you know, you may be asked to do something that exposes you or others to danger, either your fellows or, you know, uh, someone on the other side of a conflict, you know, from another nation. Uh, you may be asked to subdue an attacker or take the life uh, of someone to protect others. 
uh, and acknowledge that that might be part of your role um, and, and ask, are you, oh, are you willing to do that? Uh, and there may arise situations because of, of your, your, you know, daily duties where you might grow to hate the people you're fighting, uh, which could, you know, obviously exacerbate a feeling of separateness uh, and challenge your sense of oneness uh, and, and your, your, you know, ability to live out the, the true self through the ego self. But again, you know, uh, like any task or duty, you want to, to go about it mindfully. Um, so take care of your fellow soldiers. Be vigilant to protect the people around you. If you are, are serving as an officer, you know, uh, uh, protect the lives of the men and women under your command. Um, now, I, I, as I talk about this, obviously, I've, I've never served in the military, so you'll have to forgive me if, if what I'm about to say is, is kind of nonsense. But, you know, if you are in the military and you say, you know what, I'm not willing to take a life, uh, that's not something I'm okay doing. You know, are there other roles within the military that you might uh, uh, occupy? So a medic or a chaplain, you know, or some kind of administrative or support role. I know two uh, cousins of mine are in the Air Force where they work on in, uh, IT, right? So building networks and things like that. Um, you know, and, and as I did with bartending, I want to share another Buddhist perspective um, besides just my own on this. And, and you know, I, I want us to remember the fact that there are Buddhist martial arts and there have been for a long time. You know, the, there were Buddhist communities that developed uh, martial arts practices to, um, you know, one as, as part of, you know, in the Zen tradition as part of physical discipline uh, and work, but also to defend themselves uh, against bandits, right? That's how the Shaolin temple got its start, is through that need to defend oneself. Um, you know, and there, there are a variety of opinions on self-defense and what's okay and what's not uh, as a Buddhist um, but one, one story I did encounter, one sutra, it's a, a, a Jataka tale. So a tale of the, the Buddha's previous lives. Um, you know, there, there is one where the Buddha is a captain of a boat and there's 500 people on this, on this boat. And there's one man there who, you know, has intentions to kill everyone, kill all 500, uh, and then escape. And the Buddha finds out about this. And he kills the man to prevent him from causing harm to himself and to others. Now, I, I don't share that very short story to say whether that's okay or not okay. Uh, I, I just, you know, it goes to show that the ethics of, you know, defensive violence, uh, that conversation has been going on for hundreds of years, right? It's something we'll, we'll continue to discuss. Um, because it's not always black and white. Um, it's something that we should be mindful of and, and be aware of, you know, and I think that's something that is unique to uh, the life of a soldier, is to, you know, again, understand the, the implicit risks in that uh, role and find a way to practice mindfully. Um, but here's the thing, you know, right livelihood... Uh, despite kind of addressing those those two roles in particular, because of of uh, you know what the Buddha said about um, you know roles that involve using weapons or taking life 
or, or serving alcohol. Uh, right livelihood is really less about the business that you're in and more about how you work. Um, because here's the thing, you could work for any business, you know, even one that looks like a, an ethical you know, monolith and, and cause incredible harm. Um, you know, personally, I work for a snacking company. Um, and, and so it's not lost on me that there are risks in that industry as well. Uh, certainly when you're, you're manufacturing and selling snack food and confections, you know, candy and, and chips and popcorn and stuff like that, um, you know, there are concerns around health, obesity, diabetes, right? Uh, ethical sourcing of, of raw materials and slave labor, uh, you know, being mindful of advertising to children. Uh, or things like food safety and workplace safety. Uh, and, and the complexity, uh, like I said in my last talk, the complexity of the modern supply chain makes it incredibly difficult to, to be aware of what's happening at different places. But you could inadvertently be, be part of great harm in any business. Um, you know, similarly, companies that, and this is an industry that obviously wasn't around in the, the, the day of the Buddha, but, you know, industries uh, responsible for making mobile apps and technology, you know, that people can become addicted to and spend thousands of dollars on, you know, through microtransactions or, you know, cause distracted driving or, or people, um, you know, they're, they're acting as Internet trolls because of these tools that are being built. Um, we need to use our judgment in those industries because the world has become incredibly complex and we don't have control over uh, everything that we we do and put into the world on how it's going to be used. So what I'll say is, you know, let's say that you you are, are in an industry in a job, and it weighs on your conscience, and you think I I I'm not okay with this. Um, you know, then then maybe you do want to look for a new job. That's certainly something that's within your uh, right to do. Um, but again, I'd say that for someone in any job, I'm, I'm certainly not going to, to say, well, you know, if you're in a job on this list, then look for another job. Um, it should be personal for you. And again, about your intention, because you can do, you can, can uh, uh, do harm to yourself or others in, in pretty much any job, right? Uh, working so many hours that you never see your family or you're constantly irritable. Um, you know, a friend of mine recently left his job because of, of stress-related health issues. And he realized, like, this is not good for me. And he was very successful in that job. Uh, but he made that choice to, to you know, make a plan to, to transition into something else, to do something else for a living um, that he could do mindfully and in a, in a better way for himself and for his family. Um, and when you're looking for work, do that mindfully as well. You know, be careful that you're not uh, putting your family into poverty uh, and that you're still able to, to provide for yourself and for your loved ones and take your time. You know, don't do it abruptly. Don't burn bridges. Don't don't harm people on the way out, right? Or try to sabotage your business because, you know, you, you don't agree with what they're doing. Uh, there, there is a, a, a right and a wrong way to go about, you know, transitioning between jobs. Um, but yeah, if it, if it is something that, that bothers you and you feel like this is not the right role for you, then 
you know, certainly you can you can look for a job that does allow you to uh, live more mindfully and find balance uh, between your work and your life. But, you know, what I'll say about work and about life, uh, you know, as a Buddhist, is that we should be bringing bodhisattva, beha- bodhisattva behavior into the world wherever we are, whatever we do for a living. Um, or whatever we do, whether we're making money doing it or, or just doing it on a daily basis, you know, our hobbies and habits, right? We need to ensure that our intentions uh, in those areas are very clear, but also recognize that we don't have control over all of the results. Uh, but we do have control over our intentions. So, you know, speaking toward the, the questions that were asked around uh, bartending, you know, Protect your customers. Don't push drinks on them. You know, uh, if you're a, a soldier, you know, protect the lives and livelihoods of those you come across uh, and those for whom you might be responsible. In all situations, we want to be very cognizant of the, the difference between awakened actions that are done from a place of oneness and unawakened actions that are done from a place of separation and fear and anger. Uh, and for some guidance around that, you know, when it comes to uh, morality and how we should act, we have the, the three pure precepts. And so I'll end on these. Um, but the, the three pure precepts that should drive our uh, behavior. First one is the intention to not create evil. The second is the intention to practice good. And the third is the intention to enhance the being of others. And so we should strive to do those things no matter what we do for a living. So I, I hope that uh, that was helpful uh, to, the, to the folks who reached out with some of their questions and comments. Um, you know, and again, I, I, if, if you have other questions, if you're, if you're seeking additional clarity, um, you know, uh, want to learn more about our practices, um, or even, you know, ask a question or, or make a, a recommendation for something you'd like us to address, uh, please do reach out. Um, you, can, you can learn more about us and our practice or, or, or you know, if there's someone you want to, if you want to talk to someone uh, in our order, you can do that as well. Uh, find us at AskSenseiTony.com. Um, and again, thank you for your time. Thank you for the engagement and the willingness to uh, ask questions and seek clarity, uh, because I think that's incredibly important. Uh, to discuss these kinds of things and not have this just be one way. So thank you for reaching out. And uh, as always, I hope you all have uh, an excellent week.